The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and welcome again to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. And I'm really delighted to welcome you to today's show. Uh, Before I do that, I'd just like to say a thank you to my guest last week, Tony Newman. Um, I love talking to Tony. Uh, Tony is um, somebody who really dares to do things different and help some of the world's top brands uh, continue to be innovative, even when it seems like they can't be any more so. Um, so if you've not um, listened to that show, I'd recommend you go into the archive and check it out. So today we're going to talk about One Planet Leaders, about the business imperative for sustainability and why it's just so important. Now, most leaders recognize that without a sustainable planet, we're setting ourselves up for future generations to fail. Some say the world is on a knife edge. However, how do you contribute to this essential global issue when you have short-term business improvement and growth or even political votes in mind? So it's with um, absolute delight that I'm going to welcome today um, two people who really know a lot about this. Um, uh, Firstly, I'd like to welcome Steve Gray. Uh, Steve Gray is the chief executive of an amazing organization you may well have heard of uh, called Earthwatch. He's the chief executive in the UK, Europe and the Middle East. He's responsible for all aspects of governance and strategy and fundraising, as well as overseeing the monitoring and evaluation of Earthwatch Europe's work against their mission. I'd also like to welcome Stuart Pickles. Now, I've known Stuart now for a number of years. Uh, indeed, he's actually a client of mine. Um, so I can really uh, vouch for, for Stuart's uh, credibility and experience in this arena. He's the ex-chief financial officer of Foster's, the drinks company. He's now a leadership development coach. Um, and he's got an absolute passion. And he really lives this um, for sustainability. He's worked and lived in Japan, Australia, Asia. Um, he travels the world, world globally. And as with um, Steve, um, he's got a real global perspective. perspective. So uh, two uh, true sustainability experts. So let's have a conversation now about how business um, can be part of the solution and not the problem. So a big welcome uh, to Steve and Stuart. Hi, Chris. Thanks very much for the introduction. Yeah, hi, Chris. You're very welcome, guys. Good to speak to you both. And I'd like to start the question um, first with you, Steve. Uh, Steve, what first got you interested in sustainability? And how did this lead to your role in Earthwatch? Well, if I think back to from where I am now, really, for me, it's undoubtedly sort of formative childhood experiences. I think for so many people, that's where a love of the natural world really starts. And I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity to connect to the natural world at at an early age. And that has really stayed with me ever since. Um, 
I can think back to in particular experiences as, as a young boy, for example, seeing my first peregrine falcon fly over the cliffs of the Isle of Mull in, in Scotland and with my dad and um, just the experiences that they kind of instill within you, this, this love of, of nature. Um, and then as I went through my sort of studies and, and academic um, studies, I, I came to this realisation that these wonderful things that I had seen actually were in great peril and that as a as a society, our activities and our actions were degrading the environment around us. And so it was really um, during my university years that these challenges were sort of starkly highlighted to me. And it, it became my passion to try and have a career in which I could, I could do something about it. Because I think as a society, if we're losing our connection to the environment that sustains us, we're losing our connection to that one planet that, that we have. Um, then the value of, of life will, will be lost. And I think that's, that's just so incredibly important. And, and now you know, I'm my dad and, I, and I'm taking my own son out to, to watch peregrines and, and go exploring into the natural world. And that means a huge amount to me. And I think that everybody needs to make that, that connection. And, and, and that's why I found myself looking for a career that could help you know, in, in a way that I could make what I felt was a meaningful contribution. And um, after university studies, I did the usual thing about years out and, and traveling around. In fact, I was an Earthwatch volunteer. My very first contact with the organization that I've now worked for for 15 years was as a volunteer myself in, in Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. That was in, in 1999, I think, helping on a, on a deer census in, in the forest there. And that sense of um, being engaged and that I could contribute and do something really inspired me. Um, and after various jobs in, in, in bookshops and, and other um, sort of service industry jobs where I worked out like many people, what do I want to do with my kind of life in terms of career? I, I found a job offer um, working for Earthwatch in Oxford. Um, this was two, 2002, I think. And I started working for them on, on the shop floor, if you like, and helping um, inspire other volunteers to, to get involved. And I've worked my, my way through the organization since then and, and became the chief executive of, of Earthwatch Europe in 2015. Wow, Steve, you just taken me back to my childhood and all the encyclopedias and books I had on nature and wanted as a kid and to the Isle of Mull seeing um, otters and golden eagles and peregrine falcons. In fact, you've just... Uh, Made me realise I need to take my kids to the Isle of Mull. It's, um, it's an amazing place. Brilliant place. <laughs> oh, gorgeous. So, so tell us just a little bit about Earthwatch. You know, what what does Earthwatch do? Well, Earthwatch empowers people to save our planet. Um, we do this by providing a range of uh, experiences that take people out of their daily lives to connect to the environment. Um, but critically, you're also contributing to real science. So we support scientific research. And people can get hands-on involved in those in that science. Literally getting your weddies on, getting your hands dirty, helping look at critical big issues. Um, so the research we support covers a wide range of, of themes, but really important issues such as habitat loss, invasive species, pollution, climate change impacts, and ocean health. Um, because we want to work towards a world where we look after those precious natural resources. All of us, as people and as organisations, benefit from fresh water, healthy soil, functioning forests, functioning seas, um, and they need to be used sustainably. Um, and future economic development, future 
business growth is dependent upon them. And so we need to make sure that those natural resources are resilient and climate sensitive. And that's a lot of the work that Earthwatch is doing from a, from a scientific point of view. But there's also this really, the thing that I think differentiates us is, is this amazing immersive element at the heart of everything we do. We get people from all different walks of life actively involved in these hands-on experiences and support those people to use those experiences as sort of um, like a catalyst for personal action. So to help people think about the decisions they can make on a daily basis. So driving behavior change so we can achieve our mission for a sustainable environment, which is what we're all about at a local level, but also working with a range of corporate and government partners on influencing policy um, and influencing performance, which we generally believe is, is good for business. And so we're working on that kind of engagement with individuals and organizations, but engagement with a purpose, because actually you can take a huge amount out of it, out of it personally and indeed professionally, as I think we'll cover in our discussion later. But also you're contributing to genuine science and there is still such a need for science in this day and age and the knowledge that we can make good decisions based on sound information. Um, and that's at the heart of a lot of what Earthwatch does. Excellent. I know you know your work is is you know very scientific and on the ground, and you would be bringing lots of people together. And I think it's fascinating that you've you know you come together with with Stuart, and I know his, his partner as well. He's a great guy, Simon Bailey, um, because they bring a real kind of you know business acumen to this world of sustainability. And so I'd like to just move across to you now, Stuart. I mean, you know, where did your passion for the environment, but also leadership, come from? Because I know that's um, your sweet spot. Yes, um, I, I, uh, when I was thinking about this um, beforehand, uh, I, I, I was thinking that there's, I think there's been three big shifts in my life. Um, uh, then I thought that actually um, I should also mention the fact that I got married and had children, so maybe there were five. But, uh, um, but after that, um, there were three big shifts. Um, the first one, uh, and I guess all three shifts are, are, are about... Um, seeing things that seem to be separate um, and realizing actually that they, they're, they're not. So the first one is about performance and, and about people. I, I spent 25 years as, in finance becoming CFO and all those years chasing results, performance, um, and, and, and myself and, and many people um, around me, I think um, I observed that people were kind of missing this connection of, with people. It was very much performance almost um, not necessarily at the expense of people, but certainly performance always came first. And um, it was through my exposure to leadership coaching that I first um, kind of made this connection that um, actually you can, they're not separate. You can't have performance um, without people. Um, it's not sustainable. It doesn't work. And, and, and actually, there's no point just, you know, having happy people if they're not actually generating a successful organization because they won't end up with jobs. So um, it's about about, um, you know, really about bringing the two things together. They're not two separate things, they're one. It's about people and performance. Um, and so that's why I, I became a leadership coach. Um, the second shift um, was, was similar in nature, I suppose. Um, and it also had performance on one side, but on the other side, it's planet. Um, you know, like Steve, I, I go back to my very early childhood experiences. Uh, I spent a lot of time on holiday in Cornwall, and I remember how, um, you know, the beaches, I don't remember them being clean at the time, but compared to now, I, I just it, it makes me so uh, you know deeply sad how 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 much mess we, we just see on, on on the beaches that only less than a generation ago were, were clean um, and you know so this growing awareness of the stupidity of how 
you know, we're ignoring the future generations. Um, I, I'm, I'm inspired by the wisdom of the North American Indians who, you know, have, uh, as they gather for their tribal meetings, will have a series of stones uh, around the fire that represent the voice of the, the children seven generations on. And I wonder, you know, where, where are those voices in, in our society now? Um, and I um, went on an Earthwatch program, actually, and um, it, was, it, was, it was at that time um, out there in the woods um, that we were encouraged to go and spend quite a bit of time just being in, in silence on our own in a, in, a, in a corner of the forest and just spending time with these trees, 400-year-old um, trees. And um, I, I guess, um, you know, I, I was asking myself, what are we doing? <laughs> and I also, but then I shifted that to what am I doing? Um, and there was the shift. I guess I also experienced, um, in my business experience, and, and in, in Foster's especially, leading um, the business and, and discovering and unlocking kind of what I would call win-win innovations, where they were benefiting profit and sustainability. Um, we were importing all of this wine um, and, and uh, beer from, from Australia, and um, just removing that, um, that, that shipping um, of, of bottles. Um, and, and going to local bottling saved a huge amount of money and had a massive impact on reduction of, um, of, of kind of you know the um, the carbon impact. Um, so you know that was a great and, and I think since then you know have had my eyes open to so many other opportunities out there and there's so many great businesses doing this now. So you know performance and planet aren't two different things. It's not an option to, to perform and, and, and ignore the future of the planet. Um, the two things just have to go together. Um, and then the third shift again. Um, performance and um, this time it's presence. Um, so I guess I've seen myself and see, and I still even now to this day see so many of my clients driving so hard to succeed in, in the busy madness, you know, on the hamster wheel. Um, and, and I've also seen the value of standing back, um, of really connecting with oneself, with um, one's inner wisdom. Um, I've, uh, I've taken some time out and been exposed to you know, some of that wisdom, um, a lot of it inspired from, from Buddhism and that, that end of the spectrum, um, you know, to really tap into our inner wisdom and resources and, and our deeper purpose. And um, so for me, it's not about performance and driving and then occasionally um, becoming present and meditating. It's about how, how do you actually be present 100% of the time to allow ourselves and also others to really access you know, the most powerful resources and in our intuition um, and potential to really perform at the highest level. And so, uh, so those are, those are my, those are the three shifts. I, I, I think that that's led me to, to be doing what I'm doing now. And I think I'm acting upon, you know, those insights, I guess. And, um, and what I'm about now is helping um, others um, to, uh, to, to make those same realizations, to have similar experiences, perhaps, um, so that um, they can act upon it. And um, so convening and coaching leaders to really make a difference. So it sounds a little bit like, you know, one of the you know, important things for you, Stuart, is actually just to, you know, work with people, with leaders, and actually remind them what is really important. You know, and, and I mean, you know, the planet is really important um, and, and helping to get that, you know, deep message across so they maybe take some action. Um, I, I was very recently, Steve, I was with with a leader of an organization that I, in many ways, really, really admire, and they do some really great work. Um, yet, he told me that he didn't really care about the environment. You know, I was quite surprised to see that, but I you know, I wonder why should they care? We've just got a couple of minutes left, by the way. 
I think very briefly on that, I mean, degrading our environments, losing our natural resources has a huge social economic cost. It is an impairment to business growth to degrade the environments. So that's why I believe leaders should care. And I think there's a very clear business case um, being pioneered by many leading companies with inspirational leaders at, their, you know, at the front of that. Um, and also the market is demanding it. I mean, it, it's quite clear that investors are increasingly asking questions on uh, businesses' approach to climate change and managing resources like water and forests. Um, Carbon Disclosure Project have done some, some work on, on that, for example. Um, and I also think the UN Sustainable Development Goals or, or Global Goals are a really good framework in which to think about why businesses should care. Because they present it not as a suite of risks, which I know can be a message which is difficult um, to get across because it's all about negative things, but actually it's turning it on its head and looking at the opportunity. Um, the Better Business, Better World report, which the Business and Sustainable Development Commission published last year, put this in its kind of summary, I thought, in a really, a really good way in, in talking about how if we were to achieve the targets within the global goals, that can drive huge commercial opportunity. So it's not about it's a nice thing to do or it's the right thing to do. It's the business, you know, it's the imperative of business, which we were talking about at the beginning. It's the thing that can actually get competitive advantage. It's estimated that there could be $12 trillion dollars of business opportunities within achieving the global goals and 380 million jobs by 2030. Um, and I was really struck by one of the comments coming out of, of Davos last year, which I think came from Doug McMillan, who's the CEO of, of Walmart. He was asked about climate skepticism. So similar to your, your conversation with the leader you were talking to, why, why should business care? You know, what do you do about climate skepticism? He just says, we just ignore it. Um, we do the right thing because it's good business. And so I think for me, that's why they should care, because there is a compelling case that a strong environment creates social value. It helps generate new opportunities and business growth will not be sustained without that strong environment. And so I think that's for me at the heart of it. I'm going to stop you there. We're going to go to commercial break now. After the break, we'll be you know, having a look at things like, um, you know, the things that business leaders and politicians really need to realise today about their role when it comes to the planet. Do join us again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Great. I'm, uh, it's Chris Cooper here. I'm with Steve Gray, uh, CEO of Earthwatch, and Stuart Pickles from MSP Leadership. We're talking about One Planet Leaders, about the business imperative for sustainability. And before the um, commercial break, I asked Stu- uh, Steve sorry, uh, the question about why businesses um, should really care about the environment. Um, uh, Stuart, um, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, I guess I was just thinking about it also just at the um, the individual business level. Um, Steve talked about competitive advantage and brand, and, and that's because more of our customers are, are, are asking for this. It's the same for investors, um, attracting quality investors. Increasingly, investors are asking for businesses that have this holistic approach. Certainly also with attracting talent um, and retaining talent uh, in the organization and also the engagement of your talent if you have this truly holistic purpose, which encompasses performance and and on a sustainable, truly sustainable basis, uh, then there's a, a huge amount of additional productivity and performance that, that is, um, is achieved. And there's a lot of research that, that demonstrates that that kind of engagement, the performance of that enhances. Um, there's also the, uh, the reduction, the cost reduction kind of opportunities I was talking about earlier, about risk and security of your supply chain. What we find is that this uh, additional challenge uh, around making your business more sustainable tends to provide stimulus for innovation of new ideas which haven't previously been thought of, new products, new services, which add value to the customer experience. And there's a lot of examples of that as well. Ultimately, this will be uh, moving from being a a choice and an option to almost a license to operate in a lot of markets and sectors. And the organizations that get ahead will will have a a huge first-to-market advantage. And I guess the final piece is back to the personal. You know, why should leaders care? Well, you know, at the end of the day, you go home at night and you look at your children and family in the eye and say, not only am I earning money and achieving business success, but I'm actually working to protect the future of the planet for, for our children and theirs. So um, that's how I would summarize. I mean, it's quite just a, a point I wanted to interject here because people listen to this show from all over the world. And, you know, in terms of places like, you know, we're talking you know, Europe, uh, then... You know, there is this more of this imperative starting to happen. But, you know, is that the same case for, you know, business leaders in, you know, in, in Africa and Russia and, you know, around the world? Is this, a, are, are we starting to, are we moving in that right direction? Because I can imagine, that, you know, the, the pace of this may be different in different markets. Well, I think it's interesting that uh, in some cases you may say it's harder for less developed countries to and economies to, um, to, to lean into this. But what we're increasingly finding that many in China, especially, there are many examples of where actually they're completely um, 
uh, leapfrogging, um, you know, technological kind of stages, if you like, to um, to take advantage of, of of the new opportunities coming coming in this space and um, we you know it's it's very interesting at the moment to hear president Xi and his leadership you know it's almost as though the west is is now almost deferring to china we all thought china was the big worry around this and now they're taking leadership position on it and um so i you know that gives me room for more optimism not less steve i don't know anything else no, I, I would agree, and I say because Earthwatch works globally, as you know, we see that as those same trends. And, and in India, there's a huge mobilisation of a massively young, and dynamic population who have an incredible interest in sustainability issues. And I, you know, I'm enthused by that. I think it's a sense of optimism that there are these. This agenda is clearly emerging in different places in different ways all around the world. It's not a Westernised thing to talk about needing to to think and act sustainably in this way. Um, and it creates opportunities as well, going back to the sort of the business case, because this is a global phenomenon about thinking about what will sustain business and how you go about business in a different way. And there's great leadership being shown in China and India on this and other places too. Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's hope that the, the leadership of organisations in the United States, for example, um, yeah, ignore one or two of the messages that are coming from their overall leader at the moment about, uh, about the climate and the environment. Um, Let's um. What's what do you think that we're talking about politicians there? But 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 Steve, both leaders and uh, politicians really must realise now about their role when it comes to the planet. I think it's the position of privilege and influence that they hold, and that they can make decisions um, for the benefit of society, but they're also aligned with their sort of shorter term goals and, and thinking. And I think. That's hugely important because it's the challenge comes when leaders and our political leaders don't think and act as long-term stewards and look to maintain or even enhance the the social and economic and environmental values that we need to um, retain. Um, but actually, they are instead dominated by um, more short-term um, protectionist um, or indeed, kind of the, some of the electioneering that we've seen in in recent times. And so, I think. They need to, to stand up and think and be bold about the future that they want to be accountable for. You know, what, what's the, the legacy of leadership? As Stuart was talking about, looking their, their children and grandchildren in the eye when, when they go back home. It, it's absolutely the, the need, but also the benefit of thinking in that, that long-term way. Um, and there is a political challenge on, on both sides of, of the Atlantic at the moment, as, you, as you've touched on. And there's a sort of vacuum of of interest and attention on, on all things relating to environment uh, and we're backtracking away from some very valuable legislation and, and both in the UK potentially um, and in, in the US but again in, into that vacuum there are opportunities you know there's some really interesting collaborations and partnerships already stepping into that to counter that short-term political narrative and um, you know counter alternative facts and, and stand up and defend science and say that the need for action doesn't stop because a, a political message has changed. And you've seen big businesses responding um, in the US in particular to say, well, we're going to carry on. We're going to invest in renewables, for example, because we believe that's the right thing and it's good for business. Um, so in a way, that's a really interesting example of how the private sector is continuing to innovate and push change despite some of the political reticence that we have at the current moment. That's very encouraging. How about you, Stuart, and comments on that? Yeah, I, I agree totally with with Steve, and uh, I, I think the Trump thing is 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 a temporary, uh, you know, dis 
disruption, but I, this, it's in everybody's interest globally to do this, and people are gradually realizing, and, and incredibly, increasingly those voices will become the minority. Um, I think the um, thinking about it uh, from the point of view of political and business leaders, I think the most important thing is for them to um, to be clear um, that there are sound economic and commercial benefits, and it's not just a nice to have, um, and that their role in, in fully demonstrating that, in encouraging and, and communicating concrete examples of it, um, is one part of the story. I think another part is actually also just the leading by example, and um, you know, in their in people in leaders' own businesses and in your own backyard, wherever it may be, everybody engaging and leading by example. Because action breeds confidence, and um, and once people start experiencing what can be done, um, they, you you generate a, a new sense of belief, and and you lead by example, and others follow. Um, and then I guess the, the 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 other part is just that what leaders really now need to do now is to step up to a level above and 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 collaborate, collaborate at um, at a level that we haven't seen before. That is a challenge, um, and there are many difficult questions um, uh, you know that to, to be to be faced into. Um, but there are some great, you know, there's great examples of the progress that has been made, notably the climate change talks in Paris um, and the establishment of the Sustainable Development Goals. And, um, you know, really it's down to all of all of the leaders to just continue that um, uh, that, that that momentum. And I think people are. And, and it's about creating the conditions for success. Um, and uh, you know, all the evidence suggests to us that, uh, that, that, that there is a momentum that's building. And, um, and it's just, you know, we just encourage everybody to get involved with it. So it's momentum's building, which is really encouraging to hear. Um, but for some quite you know, obvious visible reasons, many people see business as being part of the problem. You know, we see, you know, businesses knocking down rainforests. We see uh, this com- continuous, uh, endless desire for growth, 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 which utilizes up, you know, more more resources uh, with those kind of pressures in mind how can you know business best really you know shift the emphasis and really become a really major part of the solution Stuart? Well they are the biggest part of the problem because the vast majority of environmental impacts are generated by business organizations um, and uh, but equally um, as soon as they start making a change they will become part of the solution um, as soon as they start taking action they will be part of the solution and they will be driving it um, you know, politicians do have to create the conditions for success as well as they're able. Um, and that, you know, you could think about how the wind, um, uh, in, in, you know, power energy industry in the UK was um, was was fostered by by government action. Um, and uh, it, you know, there are many other examples. But businesses themselves can can you know, it's it's when when you really start looking at the opportunities and innovating. Nike, you know, they they make shoes out of out of uh, recycled fishing nets. P&G are making their waste, their, their, their bottles now, um, their shampoo bottles out of waste plastic that's gathered on beaches. Um, there's the great um, story of Interface, the carpet company that um, recycles all of its carpets back to make new carpets, as well as bringing in other recycled products. Um, and the story goes on. Patagonia is, you know, the outdoor clothing company. Um, you know, they, they repair clothing now as part of their suite of products and services, as well as recycling a lot of product uh, into their products. Um, so you know, there are just so many examples. Like here, they have solar power, solar power panels in all of their stores, and they're they're all carbon neutral stores for for um, for their energy needs. So yeah, these are all real stories, and and this is these are all examples of businesses being um, part of the solution. 
That's really good. Some really good, ex- great examples there, actually, to help us think that through. Because you know, my, my guest last week, Tony Newman, um, she works with big organisations. They're working on how to be innovative with uh, their, you know, with, with the way they do their business, even though you know they may feel like they've pushed the boundary almost as far as they can go. But that, you know, these examples you gave are all highly innovative and also create a, a real, you know, point of difference, a talking point. I mean, we're talking about them now, aren't we? That's got to be good for business. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, well, Chris, I think um, Stuart gave some really great examples. I, I agree with that. And I think there are, you know, this kind of performance change or policy change is, is what Earthwatch is looking for in terms of engaging with the private sector. We're committed to trying to work together with companies who do have big impacts, who clearly have issues to manage, but can be a massive part of the solution. And then just another quick example is would be our work with, with HSBC on their on their water program, which is you know, getting their staff mobilized and engaged in helping look at um, the quality of fresh water in cities around the world. This has helped make a genuine contribution to water science, but also engage and mobilize their workforce on, a, on an issue which is going to be very relevant to the bank in, in the future. And we also work with their leaders. We have a program with HSBC called the Sustainability Leadership Program, and we've run over 100 residential programs for 1,300 leaders from the bank, helping sort of operationalize their sustainability strategy that has led to a 20% reduction in energy consumption across the bank as a whole. That's a significantly reduced footprint. Um, and that's the kind of the goal of bringing um, NGOs and organizations like Stuart's and private sector together to drive change by getting leaders to think about these issues in the way that we've described. And I think that's a, an example that Earthwatch is, is proud of. And it's the goal of our corporate partnerships to find opportunities like that uh, more in future. Another brilliant example there. Thank you. Thank you for that, Steve. Um, Stuart, we've got about three minutes now to a commercial break, but I, I want to ask you, you know, are there any you know, sort of key components of really successful leadership thinking uh, when it comes to sustainability that you want to talk about or share? I think where I always start is, is, is that there's a, there's a fundamental realignment of the business model and culture that's required to, to, to achieve sustainable competitive advantage. It's not about sustainability at the expense of profit. Um, it's about sustainability being at the heart of the DNA of a profitable business model. And I think that's a, a leadership mindset, which is probably where you need to start. Um, I think the challenges that this throws up um, do stretch, uh, if you like, the capability of leaders to new levels. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a need to understand things in a, in a, in a, in a breadth of context that probably goes beyond uh, what leaders have had to do in the past. There's a huge managing of complexity, coping of uncertainty and, um, and ambiguity. Um, looking broader in, in terms of systems thinking, looking beyond you know one's own organisation across the whole system, the whole economic system, and understanding what what, what role each organisation plays in that, and working collaboratively beyond boundaries. And when you come back to leadership um, capability, um, then I think what that draws on or what that requires is a is a deeper sense of um, instinctive and intuitive thinking uh, in leadership. I think. We, um, you know, we've, we've many times, I think, uh, it's documented how leaders have, uh, in the Western world especially, have fallen into this kind of left brain thinking, where logical thinking um, is deemed to be the only way to find solutions. And I think what we're finding increasingly is that to find um, these real kind of step change um, solutions to these problems and this innovation, um, you need that. And I think you need uh, a clearer sense of, um, and a more powerful sense of, of personal purpose and 
robust energy and resilience to deal with that. And um, that kind of links back to some of the things I was saying in terms of my own personal experience um, of, of um, that performance, but also that presence, that presence, being able to really connect um, and creating a culture and, and an environment where other people can do the same. So I think you know what I, a little bit of what I've taken out of that, and we're going to go to commercial break now in a minute. But is you know through when you say presence, I think what I'm sensing you mean is kind of by taking, you know, getting into a bit of a place of calmness to enable some of those right brain ideas to flow through. Because I guess you know that idea you gave of Nike making trainers out of fishing nets, um, that's not really a left brain solution, is it? That's um, you know quite a creative, innovative. Uh, right brain might pop up, popped up in someone's mind in the bath kind of uh, idea. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and that's at the heart of, of, I mean, it's actually true for all effective innovation. And I guess what this says is that, is that the level of innovation that's required for this is, uh, is even greater. And therefore, that kind of thinking, that kind of um, ability to step back and, and really see um, the bigger patterns, the, the connections that are, are less obvious, but can often be much more transformational. You can't always do that with A to B logical thinking. Brilliant. Well, we're going to have a commercial break now. After the break, we're going to um, have a look at a bit at how you know this collaboration between Earthwatch and between LSP. You know what they're doing to to really help uh, leaders address some of these issues and the different you know different approach that they're adopting because it's very experiential. Some of the things they do. So we're back again in just a couple of minutes. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one to one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops, and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, I'm Chris Cooper. I'm talking with Steve Gray and also Stuart Pickles. We're talking about uh, about sustainability and uh, one planet leaders. And I 
first came across Earthwatch, Steve, I was on a beach in a fabulous country, um, a country I recommend anybody to visit, amazing wildlife, uh, Costa Rica. And I met um, a number of Earthwatch volunteers. It was about, I think, about one o'clock in the morning. We were on a beach and we got out to look for leatherback turtles. And there they were. They were bagging the turtles' eggs up uh, into, um, yeah, into bags and trying to protect them from uh, getting eaten by predators. Um, I mean, what I saw with that is that you, you know, really do you know, get your hands dirty with the kind of work you do. So I'm wondering, a lot of people do training and things in the classroom. Is the best place, is that the best place for learning? Or do you really have to get leaders out there and get their hands dirty? Well, it's amazing to hear that sort of personal experience, Chris, of your, your own Earthwatch experience. And I think, you know, you do have to get out there to get a true understanding of some of these these issues and create the space and opportunity for the sorts of changes that it can um, that it can deliver. And of course, classroom learning is really valid and very valuable. Um, but there is a set of different outcomes that can be expected from different types of experience. And through theory, through classroom learning, you can't get the same connection to the environmental issues, to the outdoors more widely that you can get from a hands-on program. It's that the sense of something tangible um, and that direct connection can really stimulate some some powerful sort of personal change. And, and for leadership, I think that's incredibly important and provides a real opportunity and the interest in the model of what we do amongst organisations engaging with leadership is, is increasing all the time because I think there's a sense of recognition about that amplified direct connection that, that can happen. You know, in a way, the theory really goes out the window and instead you're standing in this forest and the sunlight is coming through in shafts and it's lighting up, you know, could be 400 year old trees that you're surrounded by, like the experience that Stuart had that he mentioned um, in one of our programs recently. And it's in that sort of natural cathedral where you're then asked to think about your personal and then purpose and, and how you translate that into the purpose of the business that you lead. And that provides a sense, I think, of space for reflection and discovery, notwithstanding making a genuine contribution to science that, that you can't get in, in other ways. And I think a strong connection to purpose is really important. There was a really interesting study that I read, I think it was PwC who, who published it last year, that the, that the millennials, this talent pool coming through, are five times more likely to stay with an employer who has a strong sense and clear business purpose. Um, and I think outdoor learning can help leaders connect to that very powerfully and think about how they can translate that into their strategy. Do, do you think, I mean, do you think, Stuart, that you, you really have to get sometimes out into nature to actually be reminded that you are, are a part of it? I really do believe so. I think that people are increasingly disconnected from a true appreciation uh, of nature. Uh, we see a lot of stuff on, um, you know, on Discovery Channel, <laughs> but, um, but uh, it's, it's just not the same. And, and, and I think, but I think people are you know, kind of convincing themselves in this modern digital age that they do have a connection. But I think, that I think actually what's happening is we're getting more information and less connection, uh, more disconnection from nature and indeed from ourselves as humans, because with that loss of connection with nature, I think there's a loss of connection with self. Um, and so I totally agree with Steve and, you know, I think there's also a you know, large body of accumulated evidence 
um, in educational psychology and sociology, um, just about how people, you know, learn and retain um, the things they experience as opposed to what they're told and um, and what they hear and what they're showed. So um, I think that kind of there's a there's a deeply kinesthetic experience um, that's uh, involved in shifting beliefs and um, and deeply held mindsets. You know, we talk about mind shift and heart shift um, that goes on on these programs. Um, and mind shift is absolutely necessary, but in many ways it's the heart shift actually that makes the difference, that when people come back from these programs, they say, you know what, I'm a, I'm a different person now because of what I've, been, of what I've experienced. Um, and that there's not much logical stuff there. It's mostly about how they feel, you know, at, at, a, at a deeply human level. That's interesting. I, I know you know, Stuart, we've... I spent some time with um, a Maasai tribe uh, last year, and you know, you people sometimes make the assumption, certainly in the West, that you know that you're going to spend some time with some, you know, more primitive beings. But I tell you, when it comes to community and it comes to oneness with nature, those those people are light years ahead of us. And um, you also know I had that um, experience myself of uh, going into the townships in Johannesburg in South Africa and spending time with the. Uh, the, the, the community leaders there who, who uh, were actually ex-offenders themselves who are now community leaders and uh, sitting out looking out under the stars um, you know, after midnight and uh, talking about uh, how we solve the problems of the world as, as a generation of leaders. Um, that's a moment that stays with me for the rest of my life and one of the ones that shapes, shapes the way I, um, uh, you know, I, I feel about what leadership really is. So um, many examples like that. Excellent. I hope somebody didn't just vacuum up your notes then. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> they did. <laughs> what, what are you doing together now to address some of these issues, Steve? Well, it's a really exciting collaboration for us because I think we've discovered this sort of um, mutual and complementary areas of expertise. So we're, we're developing programs which offer leaders the opportunity to combine leadership performance and coaching the expertise that Stuart and his colleagues bring with the uh, connection to the environment and sustainability issues that an Earthwatch program can bring. Um, so we're, we're running um, two-day residential experiences that, that deliver that uh, heart shift and mind shift that Stuart talked about. Um, and we've been working together very collaboratively to sort of co-create the, the design of this program. And indeed, we've been taking steer from our existing business partners and clients on, on what they're looking for and what their needs are. Um, so we'll be bringing together a number of elements, including time with scientific experts to help explore critical um, sustainability issues, opportunities for peer-to-peer -peer learning and, and networking, um, and also group and one-to-one -one visioning and, and learning sessions. So to explore what we touched on before, that, that personal leadership ambition and how to translate it into a clear sense of business purpose into strategy that achieves business advantage. So we think it's quite a unique combination of immersive scientific engagement, exploring sustainability issues amongst a peer group, but also weaving into that ongoing leadership uh, performance and coaching. And we're really excited about um, this and trying to bring together a, a suite of, of partners and businesses to explore it together. Excellent. What, what will people learn on it, Stuart? One of your events, what did they learn? What did they come away with? Yeah, I think probably um, it's, it's, there are many aspects that Steve's kind of touched on, how to develop sustainability strategies, how to lead and drive innovation and, 
Um, a deeper understanding of some of the critical factors um, in, in, in developing a high-performing and sustainable business, how to overcome barriers. Um, but I think also it's this kind of, as well as a more clearer kind of powerful connected to yourself and your purpose as a leader, coming away feeling more inspired and energized and empowered, really believing um, that you can make and drive decisions through your business and, and how to do that. And, and also get connected to a wider network of peers who are facing similar challenges because we're convening leaders um, to come up together and to do that. So, um, so developing a, you know, clarity um, of the compelling nature of the business opportunity, as we said earlier, is one of the key um, thing role, you know, roles that, that leaders need to do. Because um, at the end of the day, everybody wants to leave a legacy. It's about developing a concrete, tangible why um, of, uh, you know, of, of, um, of, and, and of how to do that. Mm, yeah. Um, good. Anything else for, me, for you, Steve? Well, I think just to say that one of these programs is running later this year, and we invited one to join us. We think it's going to be a really great experience. It will be held in a stunning woodland environment in Oxfordshire, a place to reflect, connect to the environment, and think think about um, the role that leaders can play to achieve business goals, but also in a way that does sort of deliver on, on that sense of, of purpose. Um, and there's more information available on, on, on the Earthwatch website about that, um, which will be one of a number of programs that will be coming up. Excellent. Now, we, we've obviously got you know, your, your course in the UK, and people do fly in all sort, from all sorts of places to come to your programs. Um, I, I know that. There'll be some people who can't make that date that are listening in now um, from or it's you know, too far to travel or cost prohibitive or whatever. Uh, what would you say to to those people or anybody who wants to get you know, on with a faster start? You know, tomorrow, what should they do to move this agenda along? You know, when, you know, particularly if they're coming up against, you know, really short ter- term obstacles in their organizations, short term thinking, you know, what's your thoughts, Steve? I would, I would say plan for the long term, you know, think beyond the short term thinking, and it is difficult, but step away from it for a moment and look beyond the, like, the next quarter and think about the inspiring vision and purpose that the business wants to achieve. Um, we've talked about the clear evidence to, you know, the, of competitive advantage that can be delivered um, and the tangible economic value of thinking in this way that can be delivered in the years ahead. So it's time for that kind of that bravery, that foresight, that new thinking, and there, there are many already leading on that path and others will be left behind. So you know, it's about appreciating social and environmental value and bringing that into business planning. Um, a specific step could be that I think the leaders most attuned to this, these issues are already incorporating aligning strategy with the UN Global Goals, for example, and bringing that right into the heart of the business approach. Um, and as we've already discussed, I think that's a phenomenal business opportunity for the future. I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be you know interesting for you know, some people listening to this right now, and they're thinking, well, I, you know, I don't have a, I'm just interested, but I don't have a role in my organisation, or there isn't one around sustainable leadership. But you know, anybody, I guess, could really develop some expertise in this because it is something that you know it's starting to move onto a wave now it's starting to get more and more important and, and I wonder by you know taking that initiative to start to learn about it to think about it um, you could find yourself with a you know a very interesting role in your organization in the future as, as somebody who has some expertise in this and some thinking about it. 
I think I think you're right, Chris. <laughs> I think there's a, a, an opportunity in. I think most organisations are, are going to be increasingly uh, listening out for people who have some interesting thinking in this area. So I would encourage anybody to um, initially just get more curious, look for what's out there. There are many different forums where leaders are beginning to come together and have, have these conversations, and it's quite easy to find those on, on the internet now. Um, please do have a conversation with us, even if you can't make the programs, we'd be very happy to help. Um, and by the way, you know, if you know anybody, even if you can't make it, if anybody else you know thinks you think might be um, uh, might be might be uh, this might be the right thing for them, then then let us know. Um, and and just more generally, you know, just um, to anybody, I would say, spend more time um, getting to a deeper sense of what is your personal purpose. Um, open your mind to the possibilities, to some of the less obvious, but perhaps the more transformation transformational opportunities that are out there. Um, and, and dig deeper to, um, and really have confidence to bring forth some of your greatest talents and come out of the wings, come out from the wings, you know, that theatrical metaphor. I think that a lot of people are standing here kind of thinking, this isn't right, but I'm not quite sure whether I should act or how I should act. Um, I think it's time, and I think that's what's going to start happening. I think there's going to be a critical mass, um, and I think that in, even in 10 years' time, we're going to be looking at a very different landscape. Mm. Brilliant. So, unless it we've got just now sort of a couple of minutes before I need to uh, finish this. So, I'd just be really interested. I mean, that sounded like a, some great things to kind of leave us with, actually, Stuart. Um, but do you have a, a final message? Do you have a, you know, a single point or something that you just want to really stick in people's minds? Yeah, the more, more I get involved in this work, the more energized I become, the more proud I become of the work that I'm doing. And because um, there's, so, there's there's a real opportunity here and it, and it really is possible to create business models um, which are commercially successful and, and also sustainable and, and um, for a healthy environment for our future generations. So it's so exhilarating to be working in this space, to be honest, alongside some very inspirational people, some of the most um, impressive leaders of our generation are, are really um, stepping up into this at the vanguard. But I think it's time now really for anybody um, to step into it and come along. Um, so uh, even even you, 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 you who are listening now. So come along and join us um, and talk to us and, and get involved. Lovely. And uh, great. Thank you, Stuart. And Steve? Well, I think my final thought is we've talked a lot about the role of, of business and indeed we've touched on governments. I'm also really passionate about the role of communities. And I think at a community level, people working together to take action at a small scale can make a massive difference. And I think it's both that are really needed for genuine change. And I'm inspired every day coming in to work for Earthwatch because we work at both ends of that spectrum. We work with people at an individual level. Anybody can get involved in our work. But we also work with some multinational companies, helping them think about and work through these issues. And both are critical to help protect our, our precious natural resources for future generations. Fantastic. Well, it's been wonderful to talk to you both uh, today. I think you're doing you know, inc incredibly worthy work. Uh, I remember, you know, reading somebody saying, you know, that the definition of, uh, you know, a great um, sort of goal was to um, do something that was worthy and do something on purpose, something that's worthy with your life. And this is really worthy stuff. You know, we're talking here, as you said there, Stuart, about the, the example of the, the Indians there, which I thought was quite powerful. You know, thinking about the generations in the future, we really need to take care and, uh, you know, leave a legacy and really think about people who are going to be here when we're not. So, you know, I've got full respect for both of you. Um, thank you for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed being on. Thank you. Great. Thanks a lot, Chris. You're very welcome. If you want to find out um, you know, more information uh, about um, in the current and future programs at, at Earthwatch and LSP, go to eu.org.
eu.earthwatch.org, eu.earthwatch.org. And you can also find more information at LSP, LSP Leadership. Dot com. That's lspleadership.com. Um, once again, uh, thank you very much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, I hope you're going to really take this sustainable agenda with you and you know make it part of your purpose to you know leave a very positive um, impact on the world uh, while you're here. Uh, I'm certainly inspired by talking to um, both Stuart and Steve today. So once again, thank you very much. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.